welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you... Yes, you! ...in the game. game. Ahead of the second London game, we've got Defensive Rookie of the Year candidate Derwin James joining us on the show today, plus Chargers legends Donny Edwards and a couple of Titans legends in Eddie George and Javon Curse. A cracking show coming up. We'll preview all the Sunday games in minute versions. This is the Gridiron Show. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips. Getting you. Uh, yes, you. And we're going away in just uh, three weeks today. Is it three weeks today? Yeah, it is. Going to Stanford, going to the Oakland Raiders, going to the 49ers, going to Seahawks Packers, going to Chargers Broncos. Oh, it's going to be a great old time. Wow. Um, just very quickly at the top of the show, let's mention uh, Thursday Night Football. <laughs> wow, them Cardinals are bad. Whoa. Thank you to the Broncos defense for the 33 fantasy points. I got in two different leagues for last night. Stop swearing at me. And I think you're playing in me playing me in one of them. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> Welcome to 0-7, buddy. Is that the Copperfield League where you are 0-6? Yeah. And I put 33 points on you. Yeah. Not a good day, not a good day, but a great day for you. Oh, buddy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. I know it's the wrong song, but... Woohoo! Celebrate. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm here doing a podcast on Ollie's birthday. I don't know, you know, like proper lad stuff. Maybe go to a strip club. Maybe uh, just go and eat some steak. Maybe, uh, no, to be honest, I'm at work for the next uh, five or six hours. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to clean the house ready for having people around on Saturday. Don't pretend you didn't get that email. You having people around tomorrow? Yeah, you definitely got that email and Facebook invite and in-person invite and everything else that (laughs) came with it. All right, fine. But you mentioned all of these players at the top of the show. Definitely mm-hmm. did not get that invite, buddy. Well, yeah, but the, the Why legends... Why you like this? The legends ones were when you were during your working hours, no, and well. Derwin James was a phone call that we've been trying to set up with the Chargers know, for about... I'm, in fact, it's... Derwin is, James is fine. The, history, the other ones I'm mortally offended. The history of the Derwin James ones, I don't one, know. is that we had a Joey Bosa interview booked for pre-season, and the day we were meant to get it done was the day that he injured himself and has been out for the first seven weeks of the season. So much so that I got an email from the wonderful Jamal from the uh, Chargers PR saying, we're going to have to delay the Joey interview. I'll get back to you tomorrow just to let you know when. Massive apologies, really sorry. And then five minutes later, saw a tweet from Adam Schefter going, Joey Bosa had to left training (laughs) in a walking boot today. I was like, oh, I see. I get you. So, yeah, we have ended up, we've been in back and forth chats with them. We ended up getting Derwin James on live from Cleveland while they were still there before they got out to London, partially because I'm working today and we can't go to the Chargers practice. Um... And then, yeah, Javon Curse. I mean, the freak. One of the... He's a guy who... Whoa, whoa. 
That's a bit harsh. Uh, that's what his nickname was oh, coming fine. out. Fine. He was a defensive end who had like measurables that were comparable like with anyone else in the combine. He was as quick as a fastest wide receiver. He could jump as high as a wide receiver or a corner. He could like and honestly, even now, his bicep was the size of your head, Ollie. He was he looked like if if they needed him this weekend, if a defensive end went down, he looks like he could suit up, no problem. Wow. Eddie George looked great as well, running back, of course, during that. They were both on the same team during that Super Bowl run in 99 where they went and they lost to the Rams thanks to the tackle. We only got like 10 minutes with those two and and I wanted to ask them about that game, but I also felt a little bit weird asking them about that game because twofold. Firstly, it's a Super Bowl that they lost on the final play of the game, a play that Eddie George was in on as a blocking running back and didn't end up having to block anyone because Steve McNair went to the other side of the formation. Oh, Steve... But also because it's Steve McNair, because he passed away, because he was in a murder-suicide from his at-the-time mistress, and it, like there's still lots of mystery surrounding that whole event. So it's kind of one of those things you just think to yourself, do you know what? I'm not going to talk about that while we're having a lovely conversation about the current rules of the NFL. Yeah, I'll leave that one. And Donnie Edwards, who was a linebacker for the Chiefs and the Chargers, who grew up in San Diego, mm. went to UCLA, so is perfect to talk about the team moving from San Diego to LA. And the reason that he was so delighted to be drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs is that growing up he was a Chargers fan, but as a Native American, the Chiefs were his second favourite team. Wow. Honestly, he tells some great stories. He talks about about after he left the Chiefs and went to the Chargers uh, in free agency, how he, the first game he played at the Qualcomm, as it was by then, and his reaction to playing at the stadium where he'd watched so many games as a boy and Junior Seau being alongside him while he experienced it and chatting to him about it. And I'm just like, it's fine. You just tell this story for like 10 minutes and we'll put that in the podcast. Oh, good. Well, so we've got that to look forward to. So that's all coming up pretty much now. What we're going to do, we're going to just preview this London game and then we're going to do every other game this weekend at a minute apiece because... You can go to other podcasts for in-depth analysis on each of this weekend's games, and we know you already do. So we'll bring you something that you're not getting from those shows in these interviews, and then we'll quickly rattle through our picks. Happy? Great. Great. And then also, because we'll have Red Zone at the end of the show as well, once they've confirmed with me what time we're bleeding recording. Get on with it. They're good guys. Yeah, great guys. But I just need to know a time, please. Uh, Right, Ollie. Let's talk Chargers Titans. Fascinating thing on the um, around the NFL podcast. I've only listened to the first ten minutes or so, but they talked about the London game, and they pointed out that the London game is currently eight and f- fourteen to the designated home team, and they were trying to figure out what the um, they were trying to figure out uh, essentially what the uh, what the reasoning for that might be. Why home teams struggle on the road? And Greg Rosenthal, being an intelligent and very good looking man pointed out that uh, it's probably because they send us bad teams because those are the teams that will give up a home game. So I I did some research into it. Here are some of the teams we've been sent over the past 10 years. The Jeff Fisher Rams, twice. The Raheem Morris Bucks, twice. The Gus Bradley Jags, year after year after year. (laughs) Joe Philbin's Dolphins. Dennis Allen's Raiders. Mike Smith's Falcons. Honestly... If you don't understand that the NFL UK fan base is incredible when you consider that they sell out games featuring those teams year in, year out, 
That is just proof of it. That And this idea of it being a novelty. People love football. The crowd atmosphere is getting better and better every year. More of an understanding. I said it to a guy on Twitter. Peter King said it to us when he was over here. He thinks the average knowledge of the NFL fan he met in the UK is far higher than the average knowledge of an American NFL fan. And I'm not slagging off American NFL fans, but it's just like when you're talking about football in our country, the Premier League. There's a lot of people who grew up with it, who follow it, who like it, but couldn't have an in-depth conversation with you about it. They just, you know, they watch a match of a day on a weekend, they'll go to one or two games a season because it's part of the culture, because they've grown up with it, not because they're obsessed with it. That's the same if you go to American football in the States. Like, if you go to a game and you tailgate and you chat to people, they often won't have a clue what's happening in other divisions, other conferences. If it's not their team, they don't know. Well, that's right. And uh, Erica Tamposi of the Around the NFL, she doesn't even like football. She said, I don't like football, I just like the Patriots. And Danny Amendola. Yeah. And that's it. And that is not... It's not that uncommon. Anomaly. That as well. (laughs) <laughs> so my point is is that NFL UK fans tend to be people who I know we've got a lot more casual fans coming in and that's what's needed if we're going to get a franchise here but we are there are obsessives here there are people who listen to podcasts there are people who you know go out and watch Game Pass games back who re-watch all of the games in the condensed version that really love to consume every bit of football they can get and that's why I I was giving it some love I think a lot of British fans are quite thrifty as well so if they've paid for game pass they think you know, i'm gonna get every single thing that i can out of this Mill kit Mill <laughs> yeah, kit exactly Mill kit um how do you see chargers titans going this weekend as talk sports official reporter for the game well the titans can't be any worse than they were last week where they were bageled they were they were dreadful couldn't get anything on offense defense looks okay but it always will when you've got bayard and and um a friend of the show Casey in the Jarell middle. Casey, yeah, well. yeah. So they can't be any worse, but the Chargers are talent-laden, talent-rich across, especially on the offense, but defensively as well with Melvin Ingram there as well. I I can't see anything other than a Chargers win, given that the Titans are just, they're so hot and cold, and they're pretty cold at the moment. Yeah, it's the fact that the offense has only looked good in that one game, really, against the uh, against the Eagles. Other than that, they eked out that win against the Jaguars. They've they've looked good defensively, but they're going up against a Chargers team who have Keenan Allen, who have Philip Rivers, who have Melvin Gordon, who scored another hat trick of touchdowns this past weekend. I this wouldn't be a shock to me, and I know we're getting sick of the fact that the average over the last two seasons so far, the average difference of victory whatever margin is the word I'm looking for is like 26 points but if this was another blowout this weekend I wouldn't be stunned and that's a shame but don't forget we've got Jags Eagles next weekend and that looks like a great game and a little bit of uh, hashtag kit watch Chargers are in their powder blue. I really, I was, I wanted to ask uh, Donny Edwards about that, but then he went off on his Junior Seau story. And to, to be honest, I was going to say to him, "And you got to play in the in the uh, powder blue, so best best uni in the uh, in the league." Yeah. But it's a, uh, bit of a, a little bit of a radio handbrake turn. Yeah, it, it really was after that story. I love Danny Kelly so much. Shall we crack through our interviews? Yeah. Bash through them. Um, starting off with Derwin James, legitimate defensive rookie of the year standout for me at this point. If he plays to the level he's been playing at all year already, he's going to win it. 
He is, and as, as I told him in the interview, and he wasn't aware of, one sack this weekend, and he breaks the rookie safety sack record, and we're only through six point whatever games it'll be at that point. Uh, he And they're using him just all over the formation. It's fascinating. You see the... Um, Pro Football Focus snap counts for his last year at Florida and his first year at, um, at, uh, at the Chargers. And he was expecting to play free safety. And it has a breakdown of when he's played free safety, when he's played in the box, when he's played on the line of scrimmage as an outside linebacker, uh, and when he's played uh, like on the cover on the outside as a slot corner. That was it. That's the other one. And the percentages are exactly the same as they were in his last year at Florida, pretty much. Like to within fractions of a percent it's ridiculous how close it is so the the ones that i didn't give him which i just want to give you now go on so percentage of quarterback disruptions so that is when you either sack the quarterback tip a pass or tip or batter pass intercept a pass or there's one other one but might be a qb but anything that that affects the anything that stops the passing play from happening sure right Percentage of their team's interruptions of the quarterback, as it were. Khalil Mack leads the NFL at 4.4%. Even after Von Miller last night? Uh, Well, I haven't seen what those But yeah, okay, but but Von Miller was ridiculous. Um, This was before last night. Yeah. Derwin James has 4.3%. No one else in the league is above 3.5%. So So the impact on his defence is ridiculous. And everybody's talking about Khalil Mack, and Khalil Mack is making the Bears' defence watchable and all of that, yada, yada, yada. But Derwin James is comparatively going under the radar. And I think a lot of people are paying attention to Derwin James, but he is... Comparatively. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that he is as impact on that defence as anyone else. And that's a defense including Melvin, Melvin Ingram, Casey Haywood, like great players. So here is Defensive Rookie of the Year candidate, Derwin James. The Los Angeles Chargers have held their last two opponents to a combined 24 points. And a huge part of that has been the play of one particular rookie. Derwin James continues to play increasingly, incredibly well in the back end of the defense. And the former FSU All-American joins us on the show now. Uh, Derwin, you're out in uh, Cleveland ahead of your trip over to London. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm out here trying to get used to this weather. Well, I tell you, it's it's not good in London at the moment. It is about 55 degrees. It is uh, raining. So it's pretty similar to Cleveland, to be honest. So you're getting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you guys finding doing this trip in this kind of staggered fashion, almost like a kind of second training camp for you guys? Uh, we're just trying to say, uh, just stay together as a team. It's really giving us time, you know, to really get to know each other, bond more, and um, do things as a team. And I feel like we're handling it well. No matter the situation, we're going to just continue to work and, you know, try to uh, come and get this victory uh, in London. Are, are people excited about coming out to London? Oh, yeah. A lot of people are very excited. This, this is actually my first time ever, like, traveling outside of the U.S. So, like, this is a first-time experience for me, too. So, you know, I'm trying to get used to it, too. I take it you've got your passport and everything sorted, then. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I want to start by looking back a little bit. You, you've previously said before that you were, and I, I'm going to quote this because it feels harsh, that you were a fat-ass little kid. So, I, I, just in those terms, when did you realise when you were younger that, like, sport and athletics was where you wanted to focus uh when i was about four years old when i was about four or five years old just playing football in the yard with my friends like i was always very competitive so you know i was wanted to win 
and everybody always picked me first on that team when we used to play when he was younger. And then I just said one day, you know, that I want to play in the NFL. I told, like, my friends, my family, my mom, that one day I'm going to play in the NFL. And, you know, whatever it took, no matter how much I had to sacrifice, you know, I wanted to play on Sundays. So you were telling people when you were four or five years old you wanted to be in the NFL one day? Oh, yeah, no, I was telling them that I'm <laughs> going to be in the NFL. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. You've, you've talked previously about uh, who's kind of inspired you, the likes of, of Sean Taylor. That's an obvious one. Makes sense. A guy you've been compared to coming into the NFL. But, but the other guy is, is Mike Vick. What kind of inspired you about a guy who, you know, your job is to hit or, or pick off quarterbacks, not necessarily be inspired uh, by them? Uh, it's crazy because, um, like, I was always an offensive player, like, growing up. Uh, when I played Pop Warner football, I was always offense. I played quarterback, running back, and receiver. I never really played defense until I really got to high school. Uh, ninth grade, uh, I didn't want to play JV. So uh, it was one spot open on varsity. And I, I said, I, um, whatever it took, I want to make the team and play varsity. I, I, so it was safety. So I just ended up just learning how to play the position safety. Like, I was always an athlete and played the position. But I, I learned how to play safety. And then... Um, after that, I never looked back. <laughs> Started going to camps and stuff. So, <laughs> you you turn up on your varsity squad. You immediately transition to safety. How quickly did you kind of pick up switching from offense to defense? Uh, it was like it was like um, my first my first game. I had an interception against the first game, and then it was like ever since then, you know, I started going going to like Nike camps, Adidas camp, and just going on going on YouTube and just start doing drills and stuff in the yard or after practice, just really to get good at it, get good at my technique, and then I, and then I just was used to it. Then it's um, you had an amazing kind of high school, amazing prep career, so much so that. Jalen Ramsey has actually spoken about watching tape of you when you were in high school. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty cool when a guy who had such an amazing rookie year yeah. himself is, is saying stuff like that. Yeah, that's amazing because uh, Jalen's like my brother. Um, I talk to him every day, almost. But uh, it was like good hearing from that and uh, hearing from guys like that that was already in college and college being successful. And then um, when I got there, you know, he took me under his wing, and um, that's why. I, I feel like that was good from him. That's really interesting because we sat down uh, with Earl Thomas when he came over to London in the summer ahead of the Seahawks coming over. And and I know you guys share an agent and he talked about you and your off-season workouts and he gave you a lot of love then as well. So it does seem like, I don't know what it is about defensive backs, you guys seem to have this kind of fraternity where you kind of get together and, and help each other out, show each other a lot of love. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think that was big, just being around guys like that in the off season, especially you know coming as in as a rookie, and you know just trying to pick their brain and learn how they train, learn learn their routine, and um, I feel like that's what's helping me transition into you know being a professional, was having guys like that in my corner. What do you think you learned from guys like like Earl Thomas, like these guys you were working from in the off season, that was different from the college from your time in Florida to to going into the NFL that's helped you. Uh, I'll say the work that's required. Uh, I thought I was working hard in college until I, I started working out with Earl. Um, he's a guy that goes, push the tempo, and, you know, he simulates how it's going to be in the game and, you know, just taking your body through different movements. And um, I, feel, I feel like that's what helped me the most and um, was the biggest change from college. And then just the amount of 
you know, love and passion for the game that you got to have, you know, because the quarterbacks and everybody's good in this league. Everybody's a professional. So the uh, the line for error is not, not that big. Do you um do you listen when you, you're building up to that draft? Do you listen to any of the the bluster around it when people are talking about where you're going to get picked, who you might end up going to, how high you're going to go? You know, there was talk about not a lot of safeties going to top ten, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy because my 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 grandparents, I have family members. You know, I try to stay you stay away from stuff like that because nobody really knows how the draft is going to actually go. But, you know, you have family members, you know, that were screenshotted or send the CEO. They say you're going here. They, they say I was going to Tampa and all this and that. So it's different mock drafts and stuff. But, you know, you, you try to not not look at that stuff. But, I mean, it's, you're going to look at it. It's funny because on draft night itself, the, the guy, one of the guys who does all of our college stuff on the magazine is, is a huge Florida fan. And every pick that came up where somebody needed a safety went, Derwin James is doing an amazing job for these guys. So, and... You end up falling to the charges. I say falling to the charges. I think it's an amazing landing spot for you. But on the night itself, yeah. was there any disappointment when you weren't going at 10, 11, 12? No, I was, I was kind of shocked, you know, because I, I feel like I did everything. I, I, I feel like I did interviews well. I feel like my tape looked good, but, you know, some teams, you know, so that they needed other other players. But uh, when the Chargers called me, I was excited. I was happy, and I was I knew I was going to a good situation, a good team, good coaching. So you know, I, I wasn't really too much worried. I was happy actually. I think through six or seven six games of the season, I think there's some people who are looking and thinking maybe we should have taken that guy a bit higher. Yeah, I think so too. It's <laughs> over with now. Though. I'm a Charger now. Um, talk a bit about that Chargers defense you got around you because. There's some great players there in the offensive backfield, guys like Casey Haywood, obviously Jason Verrett on IR, but Trevor Williams, the guys at safety. And then up front, guys like Melvin Ingram. Who have you worked with to help hone your skills? Uh, I work with Jaleel Adai. I'm one of the guys in the secondary a lot, uh, toning my game. He's another safety, always helping me on the field. Um, also work with Adrian Phillips, another DB. Uh, a lot of... Uh, and those guys, you know, are really just guys that are there for me, you know, if I'm struggling with some or just need help with some. It's, it's amazing. We live in this age now where you can just go and, like, thanks to PFF and people like that, you can read so much information and you can look and see exactly what your snap counts were in college and where you lined up at free safety when you were in the box, when you played slot, when you were, you know, line of scrimmage and on the edge. And what's amazing is your numbers with with Los Angeles have, have lined up nearly exactly with your numbers as they were in college in terms of percentages. When you first came in, did did Coach Bradley, did Coach Lynn tell you that you were going to be used in that really versatile way? No, nah, I didn't. Actually, I didn't know. I thought I was just coming in, you know, to play safety. But uh, they knew that I can do. They started realizing that I can do more. So, you know, they'll give me a little bit more to learn. And then, you know, I just kept doing more and more and more and you know they they said they didn't want it to be overwhelming for me so you know I told them it wasn't so because I did it in college so I was just used to it so when did they was it over the summer when did they first start thinking right we need to start dialing up some some safety blitzes and stuff like that for this guy uh at the end of at the end of uh camp because uh I don't know if you're I don't know if you're aware of this but if you get a sack on Sunday and Marcus Mariota went down lots past this past weekend. I'm sure on film you've seen a lot that, you know, you like there. You will set a record for rookie safeties for, for 
for uh, sacks in a single season and you're only through seven games. For real? Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, I know that. It current record is four, so you're at three and a half at the moment. Just need that one more. Well, yeah, as long as we get the W, that's all I'm happy about. <laughs> what, what do you? How do you find Coach Bradley? I mean, obviously he's the guy who's dialing up those looks for you, moving you all around the formation. How do you find that relationship? Uh, just, um, just how he how he showed up every day to work. You know, he's always a guy that's genuine. Like he genuinely cares about you. And, you know, he, he he wants you to get better each and every day. And I feel like, uh, you know, we just grew closer and closer, you know, when he, he helping me out when I'm struggling on something or if I mess up on something, you know, just him being positive about it. He's a guy who, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who came out to London a lot as well when he was with the Jaguars. Has he told you much about the trip? Uh, yeah, he said it's going to be a nice trip. Uh, he, told, he told me, you know, I always remember this trip, so, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, we're excited too. The, 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 you know, the Titans, number 30 in passing, th- just four touchdown passes. There's, there's a lot to like on your side of the ball. It feels like the couple of losses this year obviously came against teams who have, have been proven to be amazing teams, the Chiefs, the Rams. It feels like over the last couple of weeks, a lot of people are sitting up and paying more attention to, to the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, um, people are starting to see. You know, people pay attention when you win. They don't really care about you when you lose. So, you know, you just got to just continue to show up every week. And considering you've got Joey Bosa to come back on this defense as well this year, just how far do you think you guys can go? Uh, you know, I think I think we can make it. Make it to the big dance uh, with the team that we have and the guys we have. I mean, that's the goal. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep working. Hey, look, if you make it to the big dance, you'll be the third team to have come to London and do it. And the Giants won it in their first season after their, when they came up to London the first year it was here. So, you know, maybe there's just that little bit of that little bit of mojo you can take out of London and carry on with you for the rest of the year. For sure, man. I hope so. Uh, look, I really appreciate your time, Derwin. Is there any message you want to send out to the UK fans? Who, it's a home game for you this weekend. So any message you want to send out for them to get them behind you guys, get them loud? I just say, man, just be loud as you can. Uh, we're going to be out there playing hard. It's going to be an exciting game. We can't wait to get there. Uh, look, Derwin, I really appreciate your time. Really enjoying watching you this season. It's, it's been a real pleasure so far and, and can't wait to see it live on Sunday. Thank you, man. Derwin James, I really like that interview. There's going to be a nice piece written up in the, um, in the magazine with some other bits and pieces in there. And that feeds nicely into our legend interviews, Ollie. So mm. let's start off. I think we just roll these through. We start off with, uh, with Donnie. And then we go into Donny, Donny, uh, and then we get Donny Edwards. And then we go into Eddie George Eddie. and Javon Curse. <laughs> Come on, Cursey, Cursey. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, so here are some team legends ahead of this weekend's game. Delighted, joined by a uh, former Chargers and Chiefs yes. linebacker uh, yes. Donny Edwards. Uh, I did. I read this stat, which I thought was amazing. Retired as one of only eight players with twenty sacks and twenty inceptions during your career. So, a good, flexible guy. Get down in the box, cover as well. Like, feel like you'd have done well in today's NFL. Yeah, I, I wish I was playing today actually because I'm a space guy and I love to cover. I love to get interceptions, and I'm not a big guy. You look at me right now. I'm 195 pounds. I don't know what that is in kilos. But, uh, oh no, we do pounds and stone uh, and stuff here. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many stones. Maybe one stone. <laughs> I'm not really sure. But you know, um, you know, my abilities to be in space, I think, really helped me, especially like on third down. I mean, to get a lot of interceptions. I think I had 28 interceptions in my career. Um, 
I just wish that I was playing in this era now because oh, it's, because it's it's all about space and it's seven on seven and there's more opportunities for interceptions and it'd be best to my abilities because obviously I'm not a big guy. I mean, I could you know stuff the box if I need to, as I've have done. But uh, you know, just ideally, I wish that I was playing now. I think what you do in a defense like uh, Jacksonville or Seattle, where it's all about. That zone defense, speed, oh, close yeah. down that space. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, just, yeah. yeah, that's an yeah, exciting That's idea. what I love right there, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, a lot of guys that are quick on their feet that can react, that are fast and, and just play the game and not have to think. Because when you have to play as a defender, right, because we have to react to the, what, what, whatever the offense guys are doing. And if you have to think about it, that little quarter of a second, you're already defeated. So mm-hmm. the quicker that you can just, like, just know your responsibility and just react and just play and compete is what you want to do. There's one guy I want to ask you about in particular with that in mind. And we chatted to him on the phone this week. And I think he's going to be, if play continues, defensive rookie of the year. Derwin James is exactly that kind of instinctive player who just, it feels like you line him anywhere up on the formation and he's going to do something special. He's everywhere right now. Every time I look up, I mean, he's just making plays after plays. I mean, I love that, you know? It's one thing to play the game, but to play the game at that level and to make the plays and make it happen, that's what he's doing. And it's just really exciting to watch him play. I think he's definitely going to get the rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I hope so. We, uh, if he, we, I mentioned it to him when we chatted to him. If he gets a sack this weekend, he's already set the rookie record. Is that right? Safety, and we're what six, seven games in. Yeah. So that would be. So what's the record right now? Record's four right now, and he's already on three and a half for safety. So, uh, yeah, Gus Bradley is using him. He said, and when I first I said, he said, I thought he was going to come in. Thought he was going to play free safety. Thought that was going to be it. Was going to cover the middle of the field like that kind of classic Earl Thomas role in exactly in that Gus Bradley defense, and he's just. I just loves being everywhere. So yeah, no, it's nice when the defensive scheme allows that to incorporate into all the different aspects of the defense. It's great versus just being out there, you know, and just you know playing t- typical safety. But to get involved and get your teeth, you know, into it has been exciting to watch. Feels like for this Chargers team, after a couple of years of real problems with injury, once. If nothing else goes wrong, <laughs> once Joey Bosa's back after, yeah, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I'm not imagining the actual tables. The NFL are made of real wood. But, uh, the um, once Joey Bosa's back after the bye after London, held the last two teams to combine 24 points, mm. and actually in, in a league which everyone's telling us is all about offense. Yeah. They're getting it done on that side of the ball right now. Which I love. I mean, I'm, a, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about the defense. I mean, I wish the games were like three to nothing every game. <laughs> but I think that's good for the NFL. Um, and we're kind of have our, our hands tight now with all the different rule changes and stuff like that. But look, the offense is the one that makes it go round. And, you know, I mean, uh, I'm just, you know, trying to understand um, all these different rule changes and things like that. And, uh to, um, you know, all the different rule changes that are helping the offense. But, you know, when you have the defense that are shutting teams down right now, like the Chargers have done in the last two games, I mean, it's kind of exciting to watch. You know, despite all the different rule changes, we're still getting it done, which is awesome, which I love. I mean, it's all about defense. And it's great to hear as well. They were out in Cleveland when we were speaking with the guys that they've stayed out in Cleveland before they come to London, after that win, then they get to come out here on the road and, and there seems to be a real good unity in that unit. And, and I wonder when you've had a couple of games like that where the defense is shutting it mm. down and then you as a player, you get in the film room and you get to watch a team who last week gave up 11 sacks, 
didn't put up a single point. I mean, I'd be licking my lips oh, if I yeah. was in that room. Oh, yeah, getting excited for this game. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when you're gelling. I mean, LT, we were talking about this earlier. So back when we played our last year together in 2006, you know, our defense was gelling, and so was our offense. And, like, when you're flowing together as a defense, I mean, you're just waiting, just licking your chops to get in the game because you know, okay, who's going to make the play? You know, James is going to make the play. Like, someone's going to make the play, and that's what you want. You always want to be on the offensive if you're a defensive player versus being on your heels as a defensive player. So when you take that mentality, and I think the Chargers defense right now has that right now. You've got to continue to push on that momentum and keep it going through this game here against the Titans and then going into the bye which is also, you know, changing it the second half of the season. That's when they really get some momentum going. Yeah, as, as a guy who loves to watch good defense, I mean, Melvin Ingram's one of my favorite players. Oh, Joe Gross yeah. is one of my favorite players. Oh, yeah. You've got guys like Casey Hayward in the backfield. I just, I could go, I could wax lyrical about the Chargers defense for hours, genuinely. But um, I, I wonder as well, you're a guy, we were talking about this before, but you're a San Diego guy, mm-hmm. born and bred, drafted by the Chiefs, but then came back to the Chargers. Like, I always think, oh, moving to a divisional opponent, (laughs) like that rivalry, that's not going to go down well. But it must have been pretty cool playing in your hometown. Well, it's interesting, uh, you know, growing up, because I'm Native American, so the Chiefs have always been my second best team. You know, when I was playing, uh, when I was a kid, because of the Chief, the Arrowhead, and being born and, you know, born and bred in San Diego, obviously the Chargers were my number one team. But the two teams that I grew up loving were the Chiefs and the Chargers. And I had an opportunity to play for both teams. That's cool. You know, I started in Kansas, went to San Diego, and then I went back to Kansas City. Kind of like Dorothy going back to Kansas, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was great. I mean, Marty Schottenheimer. Um, was my coach in Kansas City, and then he went over to the Chargers back in 2002 and brought me out there and to play five years in San Diego. We had a really, really good team in San Diego. Unfortunately, we didn't finish it and win the Super Bowl, but uh, you know we had some great success there. And it was just a dream come true for this young kid who grew up in San Diego um, you know, to play in the same stadium, the same hometown that I grew up watching the Chargers play. I mean, I, I grew up watching Dan Fouts, Charlie Joyner, Kellen Winslow, and all those guys, Billy Ray Smith. I mean, and to actually play and to put the helmet on is a dream come true. I have a, a quick story, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, back in 2002, it was a preseason game. And I remember, like, I'm in Qualcomm Stadium. And I'm looking around. And I'm looking at my jersey. Looking at my lightning boat. Looking at my helmet. And I'm like, wow. Like, I'm just taking this moment in, right? And I'm looking around the stadium. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I'm a charger. Like, I'm I'm – this is cool. And I remember, like, number 55, I think you know who he was. Uh, <laughs> Junior Seau is looking at me. He's like, it's crazy, huh? And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. He's like, are you done? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, come on, let's go play now, <laughs> you know? But it was actually cool because he, he saw me in that moment, you know? It's my, I mean, this is going full circle my whole entire life, and I'm looking at it 2002 like, wow, this is really cool. So I took in that moment. I'm really happy that I did take that moment and, uh, you know, to be there and to have Junior Seau, you know, share that moment with me is pretty special. That's incredible. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Cool. I, I, I'm intrigued as a guy who I, I mentioned that you had that history with the Chargers, but also you went to UCLA, and we won't talk about the current Bruins team, I promise. Um, but the, it's okay. Uh, we got a win last week against <laughs> <laughs> a, great, a great Cal team. Uh, yeah, I've got fingers crossed that's going to start a run because we're going to the Rose Bowl for UCLA-USC oh, okay. in like 
five weeks yeah, time whenever coming, that is coming. come yeah. on get some momentum going let's go <laughs> if we can get in there with you at like four and six five yeah. and five that'd be lovely that'd yeah. be you know it's not yeah. a playoff well, season well that's the plan it's... right that's the plan to gain on this win and grab some momentum but that's what happens with football I mean like all you need is some some little bits of like success and it builds your confidence as a team as a player and you could just capitalize off of that. But if you don't have the success, it's kind of difficult because you like you start to doubt yourself. But when you start to get some success and like that big win on the road was huge. And that may just catapult this UCLA Bruins team. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Got the fingers crossed. We'll see. Come on, Chip. It's, how, how do you feel about the team moving to LA then what's that been like for you as a someone who has history in both cities yeah well actually um you know being born and bred in San Diego and just you know being a San Diego Charger fan my whole entire life you know it was difficult but at the same time I'm on the other side as well so I see the business part of it as well um and I know back in 2003 and 2004 as I was talking with LT this morning um you know we tried to go to LA and we tried to force the city's hand to, you know, get a stadium and change it up back in 2003 at the same place, the Home Depot Center, StubHub Center. Like we had practice there. Like we remember, I, I remember going through the tunnel where, the, where they're playing football now, where they're playing the games now, 13 years ago. So we tried to make it happen. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, the sides, you know, couldn't come up to um, a conclusion. And uh, the team had to move. But apparently it's going to be a conversation this week at the owners meetings that they've the PSL sales for for the new stadium haven't been as good as they wanted them to be the Chargers and they're going to reassess the revenue and there's the big question of whether it's going to work there longer term I mean obviously hopefully maybe even one day we'll get to see them back in San Diego with a new stadium and everything that comes with that but do you think they can be successful in L.A. while you've got the Rams there as well? Absolutely. All you have to do is win. It doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> you you are win. Winning. Yeah, <laughs> not what I'm saying, but the Rams are winning too. But it's great. you got two L.A. teams that are winning. And, uh, they're, you know, it's been a couple of years now, so they're making their adjustment to L.A. And, uh, you know, as long as you win, it, it, it makes everything better. You know, it really does. Because it, it, there's all the talk about the size of the market, but it's an incredibly tough market. Not just the Rams, but... With the Lakers and the Kings and the you know the Bruins the Bru- and the and Trojans, and yeah, it's you know it's a good sports town, but it's a pretty full sports town. Yeah, but there's a lot so of people there. Look at New York. There's a lot of people. I think was there like 30 million in in the LA County. I think I'm not really sure, but there's a lot of people. There's a lot of different fans, and uh, you know it is possible for sure. All you have to do is win. I mean, it's a change. You know, definitely a change. I mean, it's a change for all of us from saying San Diego Chargers to LA Chargers. Oh, I still occasionally, I even nearly did it on the phone (laughs) with the guy from the Chargers the other day. I went, Los Angeles, like two years in and I'm still doing it. Yeah, but it's an adjustment for everyone though. (laughs) I mean, you can't be somewhere for 50 years and just all of a sudden like just switch that, you know, in your head, you know, but it's slowly changing. I mean, and I think they're doing, uh, you know, they're making their transition, which is, you know, which is expected. The last thing we talked a lot before we kind of started about your travels with what you do with your charity work and what you do with uh, with veterans, etc. But it means that you've been over here plenty and you've, you've seen mm-hmm. football uh, the way it's grown here over the last 10 years. Yeah. What's, what's your kind of view on the NFL UK experiment, the idea that maybe there could be a team here within the next five years or so? I think it's very possible. Um, like I said, I've been out here a lot, actually. One of my good friends, Aiden, um, he's from here. He's from London. And he was on my team when we when I was playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a linebacker. And, and uh, you know, he 
played extremely well. And I thought that he was going to be able to play. And unfortunately, he couldn't play because he was on the uh, UK, um, I forget what it was called. The NFL Europe. Yeah, so he can practice, but he couldn't play. But he was definitely good enough to play. I mean, this guy with the funny, you know, accent was a (laughs) heck of a player. You know, he played NFL Europe and, you know, we just connected and then he came back here. So we always stayed in touch. And uh, every time I came back here to London, we always linked up. And then he was um, uh, developing young kids out of high school, at a park and like working with them. And, and, and it's great to see, you know, the guys playing in the league now. Um, and I was out here four, three years ago. Uh, we did a football camp uh, with the Dallas Cowboys uh uh, coaches and I saw a lot of talent. Surprisingly, I mean, there was a lot of talent here, and I was thinking about it. I said, "Hmm, if there was a, a a vehicle for for these kids to have this talent to develop it and to make something out of it to go to college and have an opportunity, not to say they're going to make it in the league, but just have an opportunity, is what's needed for sure." So I think, like you know, as in the last ten years, as we've been doing this, I think you know, as we move forward, it's a definitely a viable. Um, uh, opportunity to bring a team here, I think. I mean, because I would really kickstart, you know, football even more than what it is right now, and you know, in this uh, market. Uh, Donny, it's a real pleasure. Really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I think that you might go away from this weekend happy as a as a Chargers fan. That's my prediction. All right, not well, just that, but as a Chiefs fan as well, you got to be pretty happy right well, now. Well, great. What do you think <laughs> the score is going to be after this this, this weekend's game? Uh, What's I your guess? The, see. My problem is, is I'm an unashamed fake Chargers fan because I love <laughs> Phil Rivers and I love that defense. So Antonio Gates, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Ian Allen, <laughs> yeah. There's there's too many to name, but I, uh, Gordon, yeah. I do think with the way that defense is playing, the Titans are going to struggle. So I think we could see a good. I think, I think the waiting. defense are licking their chops right now this <laughs> week. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. You might see, uh, you know, Mister uh, Ingram maybe score another touchdown. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Got my fingers crossed. Brilliant stuff, Donnie. Great right. stuff. Thank you, buddy. Yo, Javon here. How we doing? What a voice. No offense, Eddie, but that is, that, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty emasculated right now. Like, that's what I do for a living and can't even begin to match that up. Um, look, delighted to be joined by two incredibly explosive players, two former Rookie of the Years mm-hmm. as well, and, and both former Titans. Uh, Javon, Curse, Eddie, George, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. out to speak with us. Always a pleasure. Thanks you for having me. Guys have been in London for about 24 hours or so. What are your first impressions? You know, um, we, shoot, we we had to fight through Mr. Sandman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> jet lag. One thing I know about Mr. Sandman, yeah. he's undefeated. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, um, I, I was here as a kid years ago, and this is the first time I've been back in about 20-some-odd years. So it's it's, uh, it's a thrill to be back and to see how much has changed. Um, it's it's a, I've, I've always been in, enthralled with the, the culture of London and the English culture, and um, it's just a, a great deal for the games to be here and for the Titans to be here this week, and I, I was really looking forward to coming back. Yeah, I mean, I just came up from South Florida, so um, I can get used to the rain, but the <laughs> hey, it's sunny is, right now. We look right, out the window over know, like, but um, it's a little cooler. It's a little cooler <laughs> for me than where I'm from. But um, it's always good to be back here. Um, I was here maybe early 2000s. Um, just did a lot of sightseeing. So this time I'm back. I come to do some sightseeing and also try to trim a team on. 
For you guys, what have been your impressions of the the London games, the growth over here? Mm-hmm. As guys who you know, played in the league when this wasn't really a thing, and now we're talking about three, four games a season. It's huge. Personally, it's huge. Um, I, I got a, a couple friends that have come over here to the game, and they say like the fans they, they're taking on to it. The fans take on. They go out like they don't really have a team, but they're just fans of the sport itself. So, I got to remember, um, you know, it's. It is an American game, but it definitely um, has has like blossomed in other places as well. And so um, I got to remember to call fo- call it American football over here. <laughs> because if I just say football, you can say football, you can say soccer. That's no problem. We, we're used to so it at this point. Definitely, I got to remember to say American football and just you know call football like over here while I'm here. Soccer to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think um, we're we're seeing a strong push for. NFL to be uh, globalized, you know, um, we have games in in uh, Mexico, of course, now in London, and uh, more and more games are coming over here. And I wasn't familiar or really aware of the fact that, uh, you know, this, these games are being sold out. You know, hundred thousand fans, yeah. and they're fans of the game, not particularly one team. So, I guess. You know, at some point in time, it'll be addressed whether London will be uh, the site of an NFL football team. And I can definitely see, you know, uh, the Super Bowls here, events here, because it, the city can hold the capacity for it. Right. And, um, you know, it's it's really cool to see how our, our game is translated over across the waters I, I, and it's being yeah, embraced. I think you'll be, like, particularly, this is an interesting game this weekend because neither of these teams are kind of, mm-hmm. they're not supported in the same way that teams maybe like the Patriots or right, right. Kind of the kind of 49ers, Bears. There's a few teams who've got a really big support here. So what you will notice is if people do get behind one team or the other, they know what to do. They know to get loud on defense. They know to stay quiet on <laughs> right, offense. Like, right. they actually, they're yeah. proper fans. They right. understand the nuances of the game. How do, they, how do they pick a team? Is it based on color schemes? Is it based uh, on players? It's always a question worth asking a British fan because every story is different. Like, I mean, I am a 49ers fan, but my, that's through... A family connection. My dad worked in Silicon Valley for Oracle, and so I used to be out there a couple of times a year, and that's when I learned the game, and Mm -hmm. and that's how I got to it. But I know people who have done everything. The biggest Titans fan I know picked his team at random on Madden, and now (laughs) is proper diehard Titans. Has been out, been out to Tennessee to watch games. Is going this weekend, obviously. Like, like so, you know, people find very different ways to get into it, but. Once they have done, you'll find like British fans. It's almost more like college football fans, right. super tribal. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. once they support a team, they get That's really it. behind really them. So yeah. yeah, I think it's really interesting to see this weekend. Um, uh, it's a bit painful. One asked about last weekend. Uh, oh, well, in fact, John, I want to ask you particularly about you guys both have history with the Ravens playoff mm. games against them yeah. and stuff, and, and yeah. uh, you know, mm. we can all remember yeah, went either way, but. Did you, was it kind of painful watching the Titans get kind of torn apart like that? Or is there a little bit of future Von where seeing a defense ball out like that, you kind of enjoyed it? Like, See, that's, that is okay. Yes, I am like both ways, like a double-edged sword. Like, I'm like, wow, this defense is really playing some ball. But, I mean, on, on our side, like, um, we couldn't get it done. Like, we didn't, we wasn't running the ball. Um, offensive line seemed like they were kind of shaky. wasn't mm-hmm. was were not blocking at all, and maybe blocking a little bit, but not enough to keep their number eight 
like upright. So I mean, it was one of those games to where like it seemed like one thing went wrong, then it was like a a snowball effect. Just one thing didn't go right, and the next thing didn't go right. Then before you know it, it was twenty-one zip, and they yeah. were leaving. Yeah, and we and defensively for us, we couldn't get the Joe Flacco. Uh, we couldn't make him feel uncomfortable. We couldn't make them one-dimensional. And, and you got to give credit to Baltimore. Baltimore is a good football team. Yeah, they're they're nothing. They're not really sexy in terms of putting a lot of points on the board, but they play great defense. They keep the chains moving, and they got a, an adequate um, run game. And they are able to score points, and they can they can you know put the the uh, they're almost like a python defensively. Once they get their grip on you, and make you one dimensional, they can just have a party in the backfield like we saw last week. <laughs> they like that. So, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's how it's always been. That's yeah. true. Ravens yeah. football like yeah. that. They always play like that. Just played hard. Well, they, uh, it's funny you mentioned about getting to Joe Flacco because there are guys on that side of the ball for the Titans. Mm-hmm. We, we sat here with Jarrell Casey like two or yeah. three months ago, yeah. who for me is one of the most underrated players in right. the whole yeah. of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are guys, uh, there's talent on that side of the ball and there's definitely the offensive line is, you know, I know it's had its injury problems this year, but yeah. highly vaunted. It doesn't feel like this is the way Titans should be playing. At well, the I think philosophically they've changed. they changed... Um, Obviously, the the head coach, and along with that, the office of coordinators changed, um, and they're trying to find out, you know, who they are offensively. Um, the office of coordinator, he comes from a system with the LA Rams, where it's, you know, kind of quarterback centric. They're going to do trick plays. They're going to do this and that. But you have to establish who you are first. The Rams, they have Todd Gurley, and right. they run first. And right. the, run, the, the game runs through him. So. I think the Titans are trying to find out who that guy is. Through Derrick Henry, is it the uh, the other running back that they have? I mean, um, we were really excited yeah. about that Dion Lewis, Derrick yeah, Henry, yeah. like yeah. kind of a proper ideal thunder and lightning, right, big right. guy, little guy matchup. Should have worked but really the big well. Guy runs like the little guy. The little guy. <laughs> that, is, big guy that, right? is so true. that is so true. So, and I think, and that's okay. You just got to figure out how do you maximize their talents in that offense and really feature those two guys to take the pressure off of Marcus Mariota in the offensive right. line. For you, uh, Javon, the reason I asked about whether you enjoyed it or not is there's this idea of this now being an offensive league. And the scoring through the first six weeks has been ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah, through uh, the roof. Uh, just uh, properly unreal. <laughs> That's why I asked to be secretly quite watching it. But why do you guys think <laughs> this season has been so dominated by offensive football and that there's only one or two teams really who have stood up on the defensive side? I mean, personally, I think it has a lot to do with the rule changes. Yeah. I mean, a lot to do with the rule changes. I mean, there's so much. It's like you got this yellow tape around one of these guys on offense. You go ahead and say the quarterback. <laughs> the quarterback. <laughs> and, like, I mean, just what, you saw, just what we saw in this last game against the Patriots, um, guy had Tom Brady wrapped up and thought he threw the ball and, like, let him go. The ends up going to touchdown. I mean, it's like it's basically affecting, affecting a lot of defensive guys because it it's making the guys think more versus playing. Just right. you got to think more like before you even like hit a guy, before you sack a guy, before you even do anything. You got to think first, which is slowing the game down some. And I, I would say the offense is taking advantage of that situation. Well, there's that Kansas City play this weekend with Tom Brady. Yes. We ran that touchdown that, in, that's and, what I was talking about. and they exactly. were saying like. Mm-hmm. You know, they were saying, did he hold up because he was concerned about a penalty? You know, he's a rookie, right. doesn't necessarily know how to react. And 
He's being told you can't right. hit that guy. I mean, he also knows that um, they changed a few a few rules because of mm. Tom Brady. So there's a few Tom Brady <laughs> rules out there. So it's you got to know. Disgusting, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm an offensive guy, but I'm like, look, man. The same token, it's football, and you got the game is is played at such a high level and so intense that you can't think about well, if he comes free, he work he works his behind off to right. get free to free up. To get a sack, now he's got to think about where to hit him in this zone. So he goes down, the quarterback dips, he hits his head, he's getting thrown out the game or penalized. It's, it's become soft, it's ridiculous, and the guys making these rules, to me, don't play the game to understand, like, you, you guys got out there, you got to make a living too. And in the, the, it puts the defensive players at a disadvantage, and it, and it really uh, uh, just – Dilutes the game and it doesn't make it as fun when you don't see the bit, like the hits. I get but the NFL like want it to be, you know, they like the points, they like nice. the fantasy yeah. scores, yeah. they yeah. like yeah. the yes. stuff like that. But I'm with you. I like yeah. a nice attritional. Like oh, every man. now and again, a nine six is fine f- with me. Like right. that Times Jags game was fun. To That's watch. how we used to right. win. <laughs> 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 You're not meant to say that. That's not how you used to win. Um, I, I do want to ask actually Eddie particularly about your experience after your rookie season of the team mm-hmm. moving from mm-hmm. Houston to Tennessee because this has happened for these Chargers players in yep. the last year yeah. or so and there's obviously a lot of talk of a team maybe coming here how was that transition for you and, and how quickly do you think the people of Tennessee kind of took you to their hearts oh man it was it was tough um, we moved from Houston thinking things were going to get better um, our, we had we lived out of uh, we practiced out of um, uh, trailers um, our facilities are the trailers. It w- didn't feel like a true NFL experience like you would think. If everything's first class, you go to, to the best hotels, you get the best food. It was the complete opposite of that, right. <laughs> you know. Um, so we played in Memphis. That didn't go well. We couldn't uh, get. We couldn't give away tickets in Memphis. Then we decided we're going to move to Vanderbilt closer to home. Thinking, okay, yeah, well, we'll definitely get the fans out to to Vanderbilt, and no one showed up. It wasn't until we decided to change the name and the colors and the the, uh, the uniforms and have the fans and the community involved in the process and the new stadium, and that's when the really let go. That was Javon's rookie year, and yeah. I, I'll never forget. <laughs> you know, the first our first preseason game was sold out. You know, it was like seventy thousand a record, uh, and we said, look. We've got to win every single game, whether it's a scrimmage, pregame, walkthrough. We got the mindset <laughs> we got to hold on to our fan base and have them feel like something come out. So, so to answer your question, um, it's it's going to be a challenge. I think the, the move for the Chargers to go to L.A. Um, they're still trying to. The, they got a, the uphill battle because they're they're fighting not only you know the L.A. Rams but the Lakers, yeah. the Kings. The uh, the beach, uh, Hollywood, is so much to do. <laughs> it's been like and, a team coming to yeah, London. We've got yeah, all of that right, stuff, right? All that stuff, right? So <laughs> too many distractions. Man. A lot, a lot, a lot to pick and choose from, and there's only so many people that are interested. So I, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be good um, once they get settled in their new, their new stadium and everything. Um, but you know, if you, if you win, they will come out and support. Guys, I think we're being even the wrap up. So, uh, okay. no, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Right, and, thank you. Uh, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, enjoy. Have All a right, have a good week. Me. I am very aware it's been a lot of me on this show so far, Ollie. It's your birthday. <laughs> this is this is my gift to you, and I think it could be the best gift that you will receive because 
you love it all being about you, Willie. I don't know. Uh, Big A fuck got me a uh, biography on Bill Walsh and a 49ers uh, bumper sticker, not a bum sticker, a um, thing for your car, like a number plate for me to put on the wall of the bar. So, I mean, that's pretty great. He's a hero. I think I knew about that Donnie Walsh. It's not Donnie Walsh, that Walsh book. Why? I don't know. There was something going around about it. I can't okay. remember. I can't remember. I think I knew about it. Right. Should we rattle through this weekend's games then? Because we've literally got about 10 to 15 well, minutes here. So Go. where do you want to start? Well, I think given that the we, we were talking about London and in a week's time, the Eagles come to London to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles who host the Carolina Panthers. And the Eagles... A little stuttering, but they're back at three and three. The Panthers not great on the road. I, this is a this is a tough game for the Eagles, but I expect them to go into the, their trip to London four and three. The Eagles are starting to step up. Carson Wentz has looked better and better week on week. The defense looked its best last week. Um, they need a run game. And my concern is against the Panthers that they might look a little bit one-dimensional because I don't know if they're going to be able to get the run game going. But that would be my one rare caveat. The Panthers will keep it tight because they do keep it tight. With Thomas Davis back as well, good defence. Move the ball on offence by running it. But I'm with you. Eagles win on this one. Yeah, Eagles win. Panthers 0-2 on the road and they're 1-4 at the Eagles all time. Let's go. Next game. This This is the pace. Well, your turn. Uh, shall I just do it? Uh, yeah, I think you, you, you offer them up. This is this is all you, buddy. This is... Um, let's go to Detroit, who go to the Miami Dolphins. We're going to, 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 to Miami via Detroit, yeah? Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, four and two. They're lies. <laughs> we are firmly in Brocktober now, though, uh, after it was confirmed that Ryan Tannehill is probably going to miss a number of games and could be in trouble with the league for their bad injury reporting. Um the Lions are just the most what are they ish team, but they aren't in that they aren't in that right in the bottom tier of the Cardinals and the Raiders and those teams down there. They could pull it out on the road, but I just like the Dolphins' defense enough from taking the Dolphins at home. Yeah, look, the Dolphins are really good at home, and they do have those interesting, interesting wide receivers in in Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson and Kenyon Drake is getting involved in that stuff as well. I like the Dolphins at home. I think the Dolphins have earmarked winning at home and doing what they can away from home to try and get into the playoffs. And the Lions don't travel well. I am taking the Dolphins. Right, moving on. Uh, The Cleveland Browns, they go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, despite being awful last week, um, still did okay on offense. They fired Mike Smith, who I can't believe he managed to get another job in the NFL after the Atlanta Falcons anyway. That defence has to be better. The Browns were Browns last week. This is a really hard game to call for me. Dirk Cutter is in full-on find-every-way-you-can-to-blame-other-people-not-me mode. And he is trying to save his job by all that. There's a great article that Connor Orr did for um, SI.com about the five stages of a, of a head coach trying to save their job uh, by like blaming other people, firing other people, stuff like that. He is very much right in the midst of that. I like the Browns on the road. Yes, they got battered around a bit by the Chargers, but Ooh. I think it's a Chargers, good Chargers team. I think Cleveland, good enough defense, good enough offense, should beat Tampa Bay. 
I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I well, think the Buccaneers screw off- you, Ollie! I-, I think that offense is too high-powered. Ooh. I-, I really do. Yeah, Jameis think- Winston love. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Oh, no, no, no Winston love. Never Winston love. Where we go next, Ollie? Come on. Jackson Evans Howard. Goodwin love. Uh, let's go to <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> who travel to the New York Jets. Oh, the Jets. This is amazing. These teams are 3 2 and 1 and 3 and 3 right now. Only half a game separates these two teams. But that tells you, Kirk Cousins. Tells me. Is a, is a, a more than a sneaky MVP candidate that people aren't talking about when they're talking about the MVP race right now. He's had three or four games a season that have proved him absolutely worth his $84 million fully guaranteed. A a contract he took over a $90 million guarantee to play for this weekend's opponent. I like Donald, but I think New York are going to see what they could have won. I like Cousins on the road. I like Cousins on the road. I know the Jets have been pretty good at home, but they are without... Marcus May, defensive back. Tremaine Johnson, defensive back. Buster Screen may not play. They have issues with Isaiah Crowell, Quincy Awunwa, Terrell Pryor. Buster Screen, by the way, is the greatest name for a slot corner. Because he literally busts screens. It's wonderful. It's the most onomatic peak NFL name in the NFL. I love it. I love it. I love it. But the Jets are... They are busted up at the moment. So I'm taking... The Vikings. If Thielen gets 100 yards in this game, he'll become the first player in NFL history to get 700-yard games to start a season. He might be the best wide receiver in football, and their defence looked better last week. Here's one for you. Diggs and Thielen both to get 100 yards and touchdowns. Our last red zone. Find out for me. New England Patriots go to the Chicago Bears. The Bears... We're so in simpatico here. This is the order that I had the games open so far. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> uh, the, the Bears, uh, they were shocked by the Dolphins last week. They should have won that game. The Patriots have got their offense rolling again. Their defense is looking... Uh, it was up against the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm, I'm, the New England defense is a bit of what are they rather than the whole what team. What are they? What are they? I think New England... Oh, this is such a tough game. New England are two and a half points favourites, but the Bears, what what Trubisky's going to turn up? Well, Will so, Khalil Mack be able to play? So the Mitchell Trubisky of the last two weeks, they have made it. And this is We're going to get into some actual analysis rather than running through here, just because he has, over the last two weeks, put up some pretty gaudy numbers and looked pretty decent. But what they've done is, is they've done a great job of going back to a little bit of what they had last year, of stripping back the offence, doing a lot of uh, pre-snap motions in order to... If you can pre-snap and then take away and then decide that it's man or zone and essentially your plays then give you only half of the field to read because you know that on the right-hand side, if it's zone, you want to go that side. If it's man, you want to go to the left. It just takes away so much of the thinking Mm. that Trubisky has to do and he clearly has raw ability. He can throw the ball. He can, like... So, it's just the fact that to my mind, he's essentially a rookie quarterback after his first season. And we saw what the Patriots can do to someone like Pat Mahomes. That whole uh, interception where Dante Hightower stepped up for the blitz and then pulled back and, and Mahomes just didn't see him and released the ball early. That's the, exactly the sort of thing they'll do to the Bears. My head probably takes the Patriots on the road. But if there's going to be an upset this week, I think it might be the Bears. Cleo Mack hasn't played, uh, hasn't practised. Uh, if he doesn't w- practice or isn't suiting up, 100% taking the Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots on the road. 
Beautiful. Uh, Bill, no, you're doing all the intros. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, Buffalo Bills, they are travelling to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are seven and a half points favourites. They're one and five and they're seven and a half <laughs> point favourites. But the Colts are probably the best one and five team the NFL's ever seen. Uh, that's a little bit of an overstatement. I've completely made that because up. Because the 49ers are one and five at the moment as well. <laughs> Actually, that's uh, a great point. <laughs> and as it's your birthday, I'm not going to argue that. Thanks, babes. Derek Anderson is uh, is in. Anderson. He, he, Anderson. he was signed by the Bills to mentor Josh Allen, which is a great signing. Now he's going to be starting after Josh Allen's uh, issues. Um, and Josh Allen could be out for a while if you listen to anyone that knows about baseball. It's an injury which could be longer term. The fact is is that I just can't see, even against a shonky Indianapolis secondary, I can't see, with only a few days' preparation, him being able to pull this out of the... The Bills at home will always be frisky. The Bills on the road will show their lack of talent taking the Colts. Maybe I'd give the Bills the line because it's seven and a half points. Might be tighter than that, but the Colts to win. I think it will be more than that because I, Andrew Luck is a far better quarterback than Derek Anderson. So I'm going to take the Colts and it will be 10 points or more. Uh, up next. Up next will be... Da, 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 I think it's only one six o'clock we've not done yet. Yeah. And you're about to tell us. I'm bookending the six o'clock games with teams that are coming back to London next next week. The Houston Texans go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams at three and three. Ooh, fascinating position right There's now. There's one for you. And the Jags' D-line isn't playing well at the moment. No, it's not. Why isn't it? That's their biggest problem. And, and what's amazing about it is it's players like Calais Campbell not showing up on film at all. Watching that game back from last weekend, the Cowboys game, which was painful for me. Don't like to watch the Cowboys win. Thank you to Richard Graves. Um, <laughs> but... They are Yannick Ngokwe is the only player on that line who's impressed me this year and might have stepped up on last season. He might be the solo one. I do think that if they're going to get better, this is the game to do it. Jags defensive line against the the Texans, 25 sacks already this season, Deshaun Watson, by far the most in the league through six games. That is why the Jags will win. Jags have got a better defence than the Houston Texans, but the Houston Texans have a better quarterback and offense in my opinion no oh, this is a tough one i think the texans will beat the jaguars on the road right let's crack because I, I just don't believe in bortles anymore bortles you need to rebuild your trust with me it's like bortles is like the england football team you need to rebuild your trust with me then i'll believe in you again i'll let him know next week mate let's move on new <laughs> new orleans travel to baltimore it's the saints versus the ravens and it's Drew Brees off of off a bye, but he's outside in the cold on the, in the on the road in the north. I think this is all of that for me against a very good Baltimore Ravens defense, who are two and a half points favorites. All of that points to a Ravens win for me. It's gonna. It's not going to be that cold on Sunday. It's only. It's going to be in Baltimore, twelve degrees peak, four degrees minimum. That's not that cold, for even like for this time of year. That's nah, cold. I So here's my feeling. is Yes, the Ravens' defence have been brilliant and I love their safety play. And I'm, it just shows to me, guys, pay your safeties. They will do a job for you. But they've not faced an offence like this in that great run. The Titans don't even begin to compare to the Saints. This is a great battle, a great matchup. The top-ranked defence against one of the best offences. I'm going to go in the league as it is right now for the offence over the defence and take the Saints. I'm going to take the Ravens. 
let's move on. We've got four more games that we need to bang through because I've got to do my real job. A big NFC East showdown as Dallas go to Washington. I'm going to take Washington in this because I think they are a team transcending in the right places. They're, they're, they're going to they're gonna break the streak. They will. They've gone win, loss, win, loss, win so far. It would indicate loss this week. But then the Cowboys are these are these are basically for me the quintessential eight and eight teams. So yeah. it makes sense that the home team would win this one. I will be with you and take Washington. Hashtag no analysis needed. Next. The LA Rams go to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Oh, Nine and a half point <laughs> favourites of the Rams. This what? is nuts. You want a game that needs no analysis? This is the one, Rams. Rams. And Monday Night Football, Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football. Live. On TalkSport. No, that's TalkSport too. Man, isn't it? But yeah, it's but, live on know. TalkSport. Cincinnati Bengals go to Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be a great game. Barnstormer. Da, da, da. Um, the fact is, is that the, the Patriots lay out a way you can beat the Chiefs in the first half on offense. And we all went, oh, they've been found out. And then they had that second half performance. Yeah. Big plays left, right and center. I don't know if the Bengals are well coached enough to go and win at Arrowhead. I've stated my case for the Bengals a lot this season. I like them a lot. Andy Dalton's been great. Joe Mixon looks great. AJ Green... Whilst slowing slightly off that first two, three game pace, still looks great. Tyler Board making impacts. All that is a good reason to like this. I think there'll be a lot of points again. What a shock in a Chiefs game. But I'm going to take the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Plus, under the lights. Under the lights. Worldwide TV audience. It's going to, it will be, as Willie says, an absolute barnstormer. And finally, Monday Night Football. I got there in the end. The New York Giants under travel the lights, under the lights. to the Atlanta Falcons. Is that off-putting? It was a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to take the Falcons in this because the Giants are a terrible football team with Eli Manning under centre. Injury-plagued Falcons. That has to be considered, but... They pulled it out of their behinds last week to stop that skid and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their, their run of games after this. So they've got the Giants at home, Washington on the road, Cleveland on the road, mm-hmm. the Cowboys at home. Those are all games which right now are a bit of a coin flip, but I'd probably just about fancy the Falcons in all of them. Maybe not against Washington because it's in Washington. They win four games on the bounce and they're suddenly six and four. And they could get healthier as the season goes on. Maybe we shouldn't be too negative on the Falcons I'm taking them in this one. The Giants have lost three in a row, giving up more than 30 points in all three. The Falcons' offense to get rolling. Ito Smith, Tevin Coleman, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. If you've got them in fantasy... Austin Hooper. Uh, Austin Hooper. If you've got them in fantasy, smoke them because they're going to score points this yep. week. Yeah, man. Willie, that's it. We've gone through them all. Happy birthday, Mon Brav. Thank Do you, you have babes. any final thoughts? Oh, wow. The question got turned on me. Oh, I wish I'd thought of something. No, I don't. But uh... Enjoy the griffin. <laughs> Which is, going to what a is, a, what is a griffin? I'm not going to a strip pub for lunch. Yeah, but do you know what it is? A griffin? Yeah, what is a griffin? Is it a type of bird? A griffin is a mythical creature, which is a lion's body. Of course it is, an eagle's, eagle's head. head. Yeah, you're right. And I'm right. Gryffindor. There we go. Uh, right, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let's get a little look at the weekend's TV games with our friends at Red Zone Sports. So let's take a look at the latest odds for this weekend's action, then including that little double that Ollie asked for. Joining us now from Red Zone Sports. Uh, Dots Bet. Warren, how are we doing, sir? 
Very good. Glad to be back from Vegas. It was a fun trip, but, um, you know, getting over the jet lag is always a bit of a killer. Oh, life is so hard. Let me just <laughs> get out the world's tiniest violin and play it just for you. Um, hey, I'm only 5'8 in shoes. It wouldn't be tiny on me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, let's kick things off with, uh, I know we normally do the TV games, but with the London game, the Titans against the Los Angeles Chargers. I suppose, yeah, it's on BBC, isn't it? So it's still technically a TV game, although you're probably affiliated with Sky, so I probably shouldn't have said that. Show, show, show. No, 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 that's fine. You can say BBC. It's, it's, forget the Sky affiliation. We work for TalkSport. That's why you shouldn't say BBC. But you know what? Uh, yeah, we'll let it off on this occasion, because it's only updates on TalkSport. Next weekend, live on TalkSport for the, England, for the uh, London game, please. Anyway, yeah. okay, perfect. What are the we'll odds looking we'll like? <laughs> so the yeah, the odds the lines at six point five. Um, we are Tennessee Titans. Uh, you can have plus six point five points at fifty fifty one, or you can have the Chargers at minus six point five at ten to eleven with us. The over under is forty five. Um, so uh, you know both teams are arriving in London at roughly the same time, unlike last week. Um, but um, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a tough day for the Titans. Uh, Chargers, um, you know, they're starting to click now, especially on offense. Um, and, and their defense isn't too bad either. And last week, the Ravens managed to sack Mariota uh, 11 times. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that, that front of the Chargers is a pretty strong seven. So, um, you know, if, if Mariota can escape pressure, pressure he's going to go to Corey Davis because, you know, the Chargers' corners is probably their weakness. But, um, I think he's. Uh, I think he's in the struggle. I think. I think they've scored a touchdown in two games, have they? Uh, and on the other side, um, you know, in their defence, the Titans are missing Derek Morgan and Wesley Woodyard might be out as well. Um, although the Chargers aren't the most reliable team, I think they're going to have enough to move the ball. Uh, uh, Rivers, I think, is playing really quite well, and it's sort of going under the radar a bit. The pick up secondary, so I will be backing the Chargers minus. Uh, 6.5, that's a pretty big line, I know, but, you know... That's no, I, I'm totally with you. They've held the last two opponents to a combined 24 points, that Chargers defence, so I think they're well worth a backing for this weekend. Uh, we turn our attention to the the first of the six o'clock games on TV, the Minnesota Vikings at the New York Jets, and, and Ollie wants to know, he fancies against this Jets secondary with quite a lot of injuries, that both Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs could cross the 100-yard mark and score a touchdown this weekend. Yeah, well, look, I'm not going to pretend I'm doing this in my head. Uh, you uh, messaged me just before we came on air, and I went to speak to the clever guy. Pulling back the curtain. Department. Yeah, I know. You know, there's, there's, I, I always say I take people out for dinner, and uh, the, the traders do the clever stuff. Uh, so digs for 100 yards or more receiving, plus a touchdown. That's 4-1. to one. Sealand, uh 100 uh, or more yards receiving and scoring a touchdown, 6-5. to five. We're going to stick them in a, in a special double for you and make it 10-1. to one. Lovely. So do that. Yeah. Big fan and of that. Then on the game itself, you've got the lines at 3.5. You can either uh, either back the Jets plus 3.5 or the Vikings minus 3.5. The over-under is 46. Um, you know, Sam Darnold's looked pretty good this uh, season against sub-par defences. But, you know, the, the Vikings are much better than the Broncos team and the Colts team that he's beaten. Um, and, you know, on, on both sides of the ball, I think Cousins... He started to play uh, very well indeed, even though he's behind a poor offensive line. Jets are good against the run, but they don't generate a lot of pressure, especially from the edge. And so Cousins could have a clean pocket for once. Uh, and I think he's going to be able to find Diggs, Thielen and Rudolph. 
And so I'll be backing the Vikings minus 3.5. The only thing I would say to that yeah. is you've got to keep an eye out on the weather because it could possibly be a gusty, rainy New York, which could be a bit of a leveller. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, the uh, the evening game, then the 9 o'clock game, uh, they didn't decide to take the flexed Rams 49ers game. I kind of understand why. Instead, they've gone with that all-NFC East <laughs> clash as the Dallas Cowboys take on Washington. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's arguably that much of, a, of an upgrade myself. Um, but, uh, you know, Dallas played a, a great game last week. Let's have a look at... The line there, the line, is, oh, it's, only a, it's like a point either side, really. So you can, um, you might as well, if you want to back the Cowboys, I'd, you can back them um, at even money uh, or the skins um, on the money line would be five to six, or you can take a point either side, slightly different odds, obviously. Uh, the over-under is 41 and a half. Um, Dallas played a great game last week, um, uh, forcing Bortles to throw, you know, and if you throw, if you force Blake Bortles to throw, it usually leads to disaster. Uh, it's going to be completely different this week. Uh, Washington's defence played well against Carolina. I think they're going to sort of adopt the same strategy against uh, Prescott, you know, going to generate pressure up front and, and not let him escape the pocket, um, which is going to restrict the points he can score. Alex Smith, on the other hand, he, he played well last week. And he was out with, you know, you've got to remember he was without two key players in Jamison Crowder and Chris Thompson. They should both be back this week. But even if they aren't, I thought Maurice Harris and Capri Bips also impressed. And I think... Why Dallas were able to limit ball tools and make Jags one-dimensional, I think Washington has too many offensive weapons for them and they should be able to attack Dallas in multiple ways, really. So uh, I will be backing Washington on the money line at five to six, I think is where I'd go with that. But they're, you can also back them minus one at 50-53 to us. They're going to get out of the slump. They are going to stop this roller coaster of win-loss, win-loss. They're going to get off that and uh, I love it. I'm a big, big fan of that. Obviously, I always am when the Cowboys are losing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sunday Night Football, the game that was flexed into this, the Cincinnati Bengals at 4-2 and two, go to the 5-1 and one Kansas City Chiefs looking to bounce back from that loss to the Patriots. But their second-half performance just puts so much confidence in where the Chiefs can go. And, and whilst I've really liked the Bengals this year, at home, I'm struggling to look past the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. The line is 5.5 points. Uh, the over-under is 58. But, um, look, New England needed 43 points to beat Kansas, and that was without having to punt or committing a single penalty. You know, uh, that uh, that's pretty impressive. And if that's what they needed to beat Kansas, then Cincinnati... Cincinnati? Cincinnati is like what your, your nan makes. <laughs> a really Cincinnati um, are going to struggle. Um, you know, they gave the game hopelessly away against Pittsburgh, didn't they? And I think they're going to find some success offensively because it's quite easy to, you know, score points against this Kansas team. I, I don't think they're going to be in a position to slow Mahomes down, um, especially, as you say, on a, at home and on a night game for Kansas. I think it's going to start as a pretty close game, but I think Kansas will pull away and, um, you know, it'll be inevitable that Cincinnati will have defensive lapses. So, um, and the other thing to remember is Cincinnati linebacker Nick Vigil is, uh, is out, isn't he? So uh, he's been playing at a high level all season. He's going to be out for four weeks. So I think that's a big... Uh, lost to their run defence. So I'll be backing, absolutely backing Kansas City at minus 5.5. And the final televised game of the weekend, Monday Night Football, the New York Giants at the Atlanta Falcons. I am just finding every Falcons-related offensive bet I can and going, that one please, that one please, that one please, because I think they are going to rack up the points. Hmm, I'm, I'm not sure I, uh, I necessarily agree with you there. I oh, mean, I okay. A bit of a, 
this looks like a bit of an eliminator for both teams, doesn't it? Let's have a look at the line. I've just meant, let me just click on that. It's gone off. The line's four uh, points, so you can either back Giants with uh, four points or Falcons minus four. Um, look, I, I think the Giants were... I was on Philly last week, but I think the Giants were a little bit unlucky, and if the ball had bounced slightly differently, I think the game could have been much closer. Uh, and on the flip side of that, I think Atlanta are also quite lucky against the Bucks. You know, Atlanta's defence is terrible, and if if the the Tampa Bay Bucks can score like that on them, then you know what can what are Beckham, Engram, and Barkley going to be able to score on them? I know they've got Eli Manning uh, um, throwing to them, but you know I, I still think that the Falcons are going to struggle to uh, hold the Giants. So I, I would I'd be interested in backing the Giants plus four, but I, I would also be tempted a little bit on you know the Giants have got a win in them this team has got a win in them on the road at somewhere and this might be it um, oops I'm getting a call there that's really annoying wasn't it bleeping away uh, and I'd be willing <laughs> to back um, back the Giants at 9-5 to five on the money line I think that's good value interesting uh, and I think the Giants Giants could cause an upset here wow there you go big stuff uh, was a uh, appreciate your time any uh, I, I can edit this out if I need to any uh, any deals or anything we need to know about um, no, I, I, I can't think of anything. I'd just like to sort of point out that we went three wins and a push last week, didn't we? So we're, we're, we're on quite good form on your show. So that's probably a, a, a recipe for me to absolutely fall flat on my face this week. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. You're on form. Warren, brilliant stuff as always. Do remember, it is over 18s only. Head to redzonesports.bet for terms and conditions and, of course, to place your bet. And please gamble responsibly. Hi everyone, it's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from LucasAid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Hey. I'll be joining Annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev for the next 12 weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. 